what the Lord's been speaking to me about and what I hope that I'm able to convey this morning is the very, very essence of that. It's about love. And it's like, how do you, how do you put words to this? How? I can't, I can't convey what I've received from him in mere words. I hope and I pray that as my life is surrendered to him, the continued growing knowing of him, not knowing about him, but knowing him, is now expressed through my life. That I'm humble enough to be able to witness when I real and recognize when I'm not. But knowing him enables me to actually stay with him when I recognize I'm not. Because the conviction of the Holy Spirit is to bring a holy fear, a holy reverence that I can come to the one who I know is the only one who's got the power to, to heal and to release me from it anyway. But because I have a growing knowing of him, then what used to be in me of a fear of pulling back and coming away, it's gone. And I, I'm, I really am, you know, I've said this before, I'm really very grateful to God for, for what he's done here in this community and for the tenacity to, uh, for Greg to stick with what he knows has been a conviction and a revelation that's been placed in his heart to speak that out and then to stay and walk alongside that and seek God myself. And my prayer is that we would all be in that place to see and to hear and to seek God for yourselves for what is being spoken out and what is being expressed in front of you, right in front of you. Actually, can I get a water? I'm clamming up here. Um, the, thanks. Don't leave me hanging. Thanks for the Shrek input too, by the way. I love you. Um, you know, as, I, as I've been looking at these verses, and something that, that just about two weeks ago as I was reading, it's like moments when God impacts. And, and I don't want to try and use the royal we and the <laughs> you because I'm talking about what's happened to me, but I believe it's not... God hasn't singled out of all of creation. Paul Costello is the only one I'm going to do this to. It's for everybody, everyone to come into something, him. And so when he impacted like that as I'm reading, it's like, my goodness, are you saying what I think you're saying right here, right now? And yeah, he is. And I hope what I'm going to share this morning might enlighten that moment for me. There's something that... uh, at the prayer meeting the other morning and, and as I was I shared what he showed me and as I was praying with someone else later it brought greater clarity to, clarity to it for me and on, what I saw was this big swimming pool with a shallow end to a, uh, to a very deep end and he was saying I am that swimming pool and we were in the swimming pool. People from the, you know, up to your ankles at the shallow end, right the way to the very deep end where people are treading water. 
and you could see everybody along you know, the d- different depths. And then in it was also a dolphin swimming around and leaping and carrying on. And I was saying, what is this thought? I said, why are my people in the swimming pool praying for water? They're in the swimming pool praying for water. And I was saying, well, that doesn't make sense. I know. And then as I looked and I saw us and we were there praying, and there, even the guy that's treating water <laughs> was praying for water. God, send your blessing. Send the power of your Holy Spirit. Send your very closeness to me. That I'm everything that I can be in you. And meanwhile, I could see those that were swimming like a dolphin and around thinking, oh, I, I need to be like they are. And he says, stop. Stop paddling. Oh, beg your pardon? <laughs> stop paddling. Oh, but I'll sink. And, and I'll drown. And as I looked, I saw a fish soon past. I said, you know, there are different, different places of revelation that's coming to you. From the very moment when there was a tug on your heart from a young man, not understanding why, but there was a tug in my heart that called me to him, stepped into him at the shallow end. It was as much as the revelation as I have had of God. I was brought up in a very structured uh, Christian environment, but I knew of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, salvation through Jesus Christ. And when that time came for me to, to call on his name and stepped into it, I was like at the, my ankles. And over a period of time was brought through deeper and deeper and deeper into him. Anne and I were, were fortunate enough, we were blessed, we, we spent about four months on Great Barrier Island with uh, youth with the ministry. And the very, their motto is to know God and to make him known. And he broke something inside me, of me, and filled me with something of him back then. That, that is clear to me at this very moment as it was 25 years ago, where he touched my heart and revealed the Father's heart of love. You know, in that song, and as Greg was saying, you know, it may not have been your father's experience. That wasn't my father's experience uh, or my experience of my earthly father, but I know he loved me, the capacity that he could, very much in the, in the era in which he, he grew up. But I knew his, his, the security of his love for me. It may be that you didn't have a father to know that. It was modelled in other ways. But God wants to express and to show us his pure heart of love towards us. You know, quite often through Scripture, Jesus, and through the, um, through the Old Testament, God himself is revealing that he's a father to his people and wanting us because to know that very, that very strong bond of a father's love, support, care, nurture, comfort, instruction, life. It was, this is what was being poured into me and I, I, all over the place, but receiving something of him. I'll say unfortunately, but it's fortunate as well because it's, it's the life that I'm walking in him and it's different stages as he's revealing based on where I'm at and receiving for, uh, from him. I then did what I think a lot of us do. I now apply my understanding to what I've received from him. And so here I am in deep water 
treading a Christian walk. When he said, let go. Yeah, but if I let go, I'll drown. He said, no, you won't. You'll discover you're a fish. Oh, (laughs) while I'm treading, it's like a fish trying to breathe out of water. Be be transformed, metamorphosed from something to something completely different. Why, why Why are you, what is the butterfly doing trying to eat leaves? It doesn't have a mouth to eat leaves. The caterpillar won't fly, no matter how it try and leaps off a leaf, it's never going to fly. It has to go through something, a complete transformation. And this complete transformation, it's got to be secure in something to go through it. And this is what was arresting me in Ephesians just before we do uh, have a look in Ephesians, this term was 1 John 4, 8. One John, if it's any help to you, it's just before two John. <laughs> it's on the pages inscribed on your heart. John 4, 8. I really just want to pick up the last part of that. This is for God is love. And the whole the heart of what I want to speak about is about this about the love. And that word, this word, the um, the agape love. We know we say I love, oh I love sports, love cricket, love football, maybe, love rugby. Yeah, love a casserole. Really? <laughs> or it's just one word we use. I love it. So I love my wife. What? Like a casserole? <laughs> you know? But there's clearly there are, are different uh, distinctions uh, of love in the way that we're using the word. Um, the... See if I can find my notes here. It's helpful if you bring them all home. The just I just really briefly want to touch on this and the four words uh, that are used for scripture: eros, philo, agape, and storge. Eros, a love particularly felt within the body. Eros, a state of the heart. And while it's intimately related to uh, the physical contact, husband, wife, um, it doesn't exist um, uh, without that, that intimate relation, without the, the Eros love component and enlightening it and bringing something more than just a, a handshake. There's something deeper. Philo, philo, more like a brotherly family love. But it's a relationship that you talk about, I love my sister, I love my wife, you would know that there's a difference in what I'm saying. We would just say love. Quite clear when they use the, the, these words, um, because I didn't just say love. Um, storge, love and community, uh, relation, uh, relational 
action, things that you do, pretty much sort of things that may happen here in order to just be together. There's a, a, a connection, something common and a bond. But then there's agape. I was reading, in, as I was looking at this, and a lexicon said, to take pleasure in the thing, prize it above all other things, be unwilling to abandon it or do without it. Agape love loves usually at the cost of the bearer. Agape puts the beloved first and sacrifices pride, self-interest and possessions for the sake of that beloved. And this is, this is the love that God has for us that he's speaking of. It's a love for the beloved. Now, if you, if you think of Song of Songs, then that word immediately draws you to that. And it's a love at the cost of the bearer. Is that while we while we were yet dead, lost in our trespasses and sins, absolutely hopelessly lost without Him, He first loves us, and Christ dies for us to bring us into that same love. I was singing when we were singing that song one of the songs that we sing up there, that you know, what happens when an immovable force meets an unstoppable object? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> no one's found it yet. But what you actually will discover is which one is true, which one is right. And it works both ways for us. If I'm that immovable force, I might think I am, but when the unstoppable object of agape love lands on me, I will discover I am not that immovable force. When it goes the other way around, when I think I am that unstoppable force and I slam into agape love, I find it is the unmovable object. <laughs> and it's on that that I'm going to get smashed because there's another option. That one's not quite so pretty. I always think of that when I fall on the rock. I always think of Ears Rock. That's a pretty big rock. And I don't want that dropping on me. <laughs> Much better that I drop on him, Jesus Christ, because in that I'm shattered for something to receive from him. This love that I've, I've accomplished, and it's in the surrender of myself that I'm going to receive this love. Now there's, there's something that's at play that, that God's created it this way and that's why the, the, the power of the force of love is so intense because of what it does to what it's confronted with. We can do amazing things apart from God. We can do incredible things apart from God. Scripture clearly shows it. It's how we end up with a whole bunch of different languages around the world. Let us build a tower to heaven. Now, they were never going to build a tower to heaven. All right? Once you get over 10,000 metres, whatever, they didn't have oxygen tanks at that stage. So clearly something else was being played 
here. Someone else said, I will arise to be like God. I will ascend to the heavens. Maybe, just maybe it was the heart of man that was saying the same thing. Let's build a tower that we will rise up. We will be like God and we will accomplish whatever we set our minds to. And God himself says, look what man's doing. What else would they accomplish? So let's cause some chaos there to break that down because man can accomplish quite a bit. So it's that force, that nature that's within here that's actually at enmity with the Spirit of God. That, that's why this love is so powerful as it overcomes and triumphs this lust, which is the love itself. So that when I stepped into the shallow end of the pool, I'm confronted with this love versus lust, the nature of my own heart. Here's where the, the struggle, the battle is taking place. In the, in the grinding, in the grounding, is where the new wine is actually taking place. Am I going to stick with that process and keep going in it, or am I going to come back out of it? Now, Proverbs talks about without a vision, the people perish. Without a progressive vision, the people perish. What's going to keep me going this way if it's not sight, vision of what the end purpose of all this is? Otherwise, this life is just a misery as I go through it. I felt that for a long time. But I, I, I give thanks to God that he has sent his holy apostles and prophets. The scripture's telling us this. God's speaking to us by sending holy apostles and prophets to declare something that's been revealed to them that I might receive that, that I might come into the life of something that has been hidden ages past, that is now to be my reality today. Is being revealed for me today. This is what was grabbing me in Ephesians. Let's have a look in Ephesians uh, chapter 3, Ephesians 3.16 I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that I pray that you being rooted and established or grounded in love may have power together with the saints to grasp how wide how long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the full measure or to, uh, filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Amen. Wow. <laughs> wow, I was right. That's what I said when I read it. <laughs> wow, what? 
As we read earlier on, if you go back through Ephesians, and I pray, if you haven't been listening to the Ephesians nights, the evenings we've been having, download them and listen to them. Read it. Ask Father. Father, you, you say for me to ask you. Ask for the Holy Spirit to teach you and reveal, Lord, open the eyes of my heart that I can hear what you're saying because there's an impact that's taking place here when it engages in here when he's telling us something that prophets, the apostles of old, have seen and prophesied looking forward into today, knowing that it wasn't for them, but they pursued anyway for the today that we now live in. And that as I'm looking at that, he's saying that there's a power to receive his love. So we're saved by grace, impacting our heart, leading us into him, not by any action of myself. It's by grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourselves. Least anyone should. Yeah. Boast comes out of pride. <laughs> look how look how I got myself saved. Really? You know? No. So you can't even lay hold or claim to that. I'm dead. Dead man does nothing. They just lie there. It needs something else to impact that spirit that's dead. It's the power of God when the soul, the, heart, the mind, the will, and the emotions of the man finally buckles and calls out to something that's higher, greater than himself, discover that that actually is God himself, Jesus Christ, and that he brings our spirit alive. And now he goes to work on the soul of the man. What am I rooted and established in? Here's where the wrestling is taking place because without God, I can do a hang of a lot. I can, I'm an immovable object, unstoppable force. I'll forge my way in life. I remember crying out as a young man, having, had, having been filled up to here <laughs> with life, decided... I can tell life what I think of it, and I'm going to do it my way. And look out if you got in the way. That nature was still in here that he wants to work on. So when I read this and it says that I want you to receive power so that I can know something, this unknowable love, how do you know something that's unknowable? How on earth are you going to do that? Well, the problem is you can't do it on earth. It's got to be done in heaven. It's by the Spirit. It's by love, this agape love, that cost him everything for the sake of the beloved. He paid the price so that I could be adopted into his family so that I can receive the Father's love to the full measure, not a partial measure, to the full measure. But in order for me to actually lay hold of that, something is going to need to take place. Kyle, I wonder if you're able to throw up that first picture, mate. 
that is a very healthy specimen of a tree. I know it's not, not the greatest uh, light, but it's the best I could do yesterday. Of a tree that I planted. Three trees all at the same time. Had a lot of fun, got a digger in the backyard, made a mess, managed to get three holes in the ground. <laughs> Drove all over the place just because I could. <laughs> and then I had to figure out how to clean up the mess. Um, but three holes in the ground. I had three trees that were in wine barrels. And then I needed to get them out of that, put them into the, uh, into the ground so I had proper soil to, to put in there. And the next picture, Colin? That's another tree. First one was apple, that one is plum. But they were both planted at the same time. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> they're kind of the same, but they're not like the other. Thanks, mate. The, the verses in, in uh, Ephesians 3, 16 through to 19, it says that, that you have to be rooted and grounded or established. That established is, is to be established like a foundation to be built on. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. That was a memory verse that we were given 25 years ago in, at Arama, at Great Barrier Island. I had that here. Somehow I managed to be able to sing it out here. But was it established in here? Not really. Not until I was humble enough to receive a word from God's holy apostles and prophets that were, that were willing enough and determined enough to stay and share that till I heard and realised if I'm building, if I'm rooting it, rooted and established on something other than the foundation already laid, Jesus Christ himself, his way, I'm building on something else. So now that word actually took hold of this, my heart, and led me to a place of surrender to actually hear the rest of what was being said. Taking that in my own prayer life, my own devotion, in my own sitting and waiting on God as he started to, to reveal to his, the life of his word that he's speaking here in me. So then he talks about being rooted and established in Love. In order for me to receive the power and the understanding that he's speaking of, particularly in these verses, in these chapters 1, 2, and 3, I need to be rooted and established somewhere first. I pray, I cry out for you. Father, show me your heart for me. Show me who you say I am in you. If you want to use that swimming pool analogy, show me how I'm fish. I'm not trying to tread water and keep my head above the water. I'm trying to do the Christian thing. Help me when I read this to understand how you've told me that I'm adopted as your son, which means that I have complete uh, sonship in you. So that when you say that I'm in your body, that I have full sight, understanding what that means, that I'm in the body of Christ. You're not waiting for me to try and get better. You're not try, waiting for me to try and work it out. It's how you see me now. 
I saw a video clip of um, this new movie, uh, The Apostle Paul, that's coming out shortly, if it's not already out. It was just one short sequence scene that I've seen, uh, I saw, and it was, it's impacted me. And it's just simply Paul standing there, looking up at a window, and so he's in his prison cell, looking up the window and looking out. And the reason why it's impacted me is because I understood he wrote this. And he realised he was not confined or constrained or restricted to the four walls and the bars that were sitting around him. I am a priest and king. I'm seated in the heavens. I'm ruling with Christ. If he spoke that out, the guards are probably listening and going, oh, there he goes again. You're behind bars, mate. No, I'm freer than you are because I know who I am. I'm a son of God. I've read this. I've said it. But when he impacted me, I was reading this. I was shaking. While the truth of it starting to hit home into my heart. I'm actually free of this rubbish, of the stuff that I've done trying to identify or give identity to myself rather than actually just accept the identity Man, I'm a fish. Don't have to look for Nemo. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the house. It's okay. Right. Now let me show you that it's not actually a swimming pool. It's actually an ocean. The unfathomable riches of God in Christ Jesus. Where's Christ? Where is he? Where is he? In us. When you know it, you'll say in us. You're not shy to say in us. The unfathomable riches of God in Christ, in me. Oh, okay. (laughs) We're the appraiser, right? Get you doing crazy things like this. (laughs) Growing one of these horrible things. A little disappointed to see not many hands go up for shave it. I'm looking for, I'm, I'm currently praying the effective, fervent uh, prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I am praying for a barber, a, a barber, a barber called Grace. Because you're shaved by Grace. <laughs> to find the right time to chuck that one in. You know, I hope. Now I've got all sorts of all sorts of um, verses in here. You know, we, we can read one Corinthians thirteen talks about this. What manner of love is this? Love is patient. Love is kind. Generous. Forgiving doesn't hold on to wrongs. The full richness of Christ, that we would come to the full measure of the fullness of Christ, that we're come, uh, given into the fullness of God. What, what does full mean if not full? I'm sure it probably means just a partial little bit. I don't think so. It means full. He's not one who says, I'm going to give you something, but not really. Like a petrol tank. <laughs> like a petrol tank. I want to be full to the full measure of him. 
So that requires me to have sight of why on earth I'm going deeper and deeper in the water. Each one of us different. It's a grace of God that's revealed to us. What I'm praying and hoping is that there's encouragement for us. It doesn't matter. What matters is that your eyes are turned to him. That's why, why Paul cries out, keeps your eyes fixed on Jesus. He is the one who will bring this revelation to your heart. You keep seeking him. And see the life of it being formed in others. One person might get saved and be right up here. Might straight into being a fish. Don't think that Paul just did that. Three years he went into Arabia. Sought the Lord. Had to wrestle with what was shown in his heart. What about the people who he was witnessing to? What if we knew that there were some thugs going around Palmerston North, get busting into churches, and then out again. Hadn't been caught, but we knew that was happening. And then, oh, uh-oh, they just walked in the door. What does he say? Love those who persecute you. How can you do that? When you're confronted with love and here. There's a greater love. Paul recognised he was killing the Christians. How do you think the Christians were feeling when they realised he was in their camp? Do we trust him? What about Ananias? Go pray for him. Are you you for real? It's a greater thing, there's a greater force at work within that overcomes this nature, the soul nature of man. And it's that in me that is, that is changing, it is being transformed. That doesn't have to be as radical as some thug coming in here pinching you. Maybe it's just living a life righteously that we're to have the transformed mind that I truly can say, I have the mind of Christ. What, because I'm not allowed to pass the white line, Chris, sorry. <laughs> Racing out and healing's left, right and centre. How about the mind of Christ that I turn up early at work, that I work my full hours? that they see integrity in what I do in the office or in the workplace. Maybe it's a life of integrity and righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit is some of the first foundations of being rooted and grounded in love that I might now receive power from him to get an understanding of how I am his son, that I am his body, that I am to be what he is saying In the fullness of time, we are brought into one with God. Now that's to be an experience that we're growing in now and to receive in the fullness of time. I tell you, if you you start to dwell on that, of what he is saying, Jesus prayed, the Father and I are one. I want for you to have the same oneness. Who's he asking us to be one with? God. Oh, yeah. Didn't ask you to be... He's better than George Clooney, Sean Connery. Much better. So saying one. And this is what was impacting me as I'm reading this, to be rooted, to be established and grounded, like those trees... They both came out of wine barrels. They're both in the ground now. 
When one came out of the wine barrel, the ground and the root system stayed together perfectly and went into the ground and was able to be established in a new ground environment. And it's flourishing. Does he expect to get a bumper crop of, of plums off it? The other tree, the apple tree, when it came out of the wine barrel, a lot of the dirt fell away. And the root system was there, but scraggly. Planted in good soil, tied it all up, kept it there. But it's trying to produce fruit. And keeps saying, prune it, <laughs> pull the fruit off. Paul keeps saying, no, 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 let it, let it produce fruit. Let us do a thing, it's an apple tree, it's all good. All righty. Paul didn't do the horticulture um, degree course or cadetship that ended. <laughs> the unstoppable force knows better. <laughs> Till you see this poor sickly apple tree that's laden down with apples on it. Some of the branches have gone. A little bit of humility and a lot of listening. That apple tree is now going to get the pruning of its life. <laughs> and it's going to get some sustained pruning. It's going to get the tender, loving care that it needs to actually be all that it actually is. It is not going to struggle to produce apples. It's a result of what it is. What it needs is to have its root system established strong and grounded so that it's both rooted and grounded, receiving all the life that it needs in order to just naturally produce what it is. I'm not talking about apple trees. Psalm 1 talks about being planted by the stream of life and that you will receive Life from the stream of life. What are we rooted and grounded in? Who are we? Because that that life that we are uh, surrendered to and drawing from will have a natural effect or result on our life. The apple tree does not struggle to produce apples. It will, plums. It will bananas, but it will naturally produce what it is. You, me, we will naturally produce who we are when we're rooted and grounded and established in love. You know, I don't really feel to go any further into this. I've got a whole heap of, of notes, but really, it's, that's the heart of it. That really is the heart of it. Am I rooted and grounded, established in love? It's, in a, it's a person. I love something that Ian McCormick said. You know, when he died and when he was drawn towards the gate, the path, the way to eternal life, to the person of eternal life, he said, when I got there, I was overwhelmed as he stood there, and love was coming over me. Love was pouring over me. And when I got there, I didn't see a Bible. I saw a person. 
So being rooted and grounded, established, so that your life can be built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Come to know him, his way. Allow him to speak to your heart. He loves you more than words can express. If you can grasp this one thing, I pray lay hold of it to then step in to allowing him to speak more. That's how much he loves you. So Father, I pray that the work you're doing within us is received by spirit to spirit from you. And Father, I pray that there's a greater measure of revelation of your love, of who you are for each one of us and that that love compels us, draws us forward like a magnet to steel into you, not trying to make everything happen, but allowing your love filling us to produce the very nature of you within us. Father, I pray for the power, the same power that Paul prayed for. Having received revelation and a life of that same power, that we too would receive the very same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, dwelling within us, bringing revelation and sight of who you are and who you say I am to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.